MSW Media. Hey, hey. Hello. Hey, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> Anybody is, uh, else having, you know, <laughs> so please do our intros. My, I, I, I was too excited. I jumped the gun. It's okay. I know. I'm like looking at the television right now, watching these returns come in from Georgia. But I am AG. My name is Allison Gill from the Daily Beans and the Muller She Wrote podcast. And uh, joining me is... AT, Andrew Torres from the Opening Arguments <laughs> podcast. And together we are getting ready to launch our uh, new show, Clean Up on Aisle 45. And uh, that, that show is going to drop uh, on Inauguration Day, January 20th. Don't believe anybody who tells you that will not be Inauguration Day. And um, <laughs> I, that kind of starts tonight, right? The Clean Up on Aisle 45. Uh, it does. Depends These... in large measure on whether we win back these Senate races. Right, because these these Georgia Senate seats, if we can get an operational majority in in the Senate, then we take over the Senate chairmanships of the committees, including the Senate Judiciary. We kick Lindsey Graham out of there uh, and uh, the, the Democrats take over. And we have now a Democratic or we have a Biden Department of Justice who will respond to subpoenas and requests for information from investigatory congressional bodies like the Senate Judiciary Committee. And those subpoenas, to get that subpoena, we have to win these two seats tonight. Now, we will have that subpoena power in the House of Representatives, and the House has said that they wish to continue the investigations into McGahn for obstruction of justice. They're going to reissue that subpoena in the 117th Congress. And uh, there was another investigation that they were going to continue to look at uh, as well. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but but these two Senate seats are critical. And we're watching these early returns come in, and they're looking good for Democrats. But <laughs> don't jinx it. Um, uh, no, I, I agree with everything you've just said. And let me emphasize uh, the negative, because, you know, I'm the lawyer in the group, and that's the way I think. Um <laughs> The primary weapon that Mitch McConnell deployed for the last two years of the Obama administration was delay. You and I have talked about this before. Uh, I know a, a lot of our listeners know this already, but you know, during the debate, Donald Trump remarked, uh, you know, bragged that he got to appoint as many judges in uh, to the federal bench in four years. Uh, that Obama did in eight, he was correct, uh, but not because Donald Trump is some kind of secret genius. We all know that's not the case, uh, but because <laughs> for the last two years of the Obama administration, Mitch McConnell would not allow a vote, would not schedule a vote on any Biden, uh, Biden on any Obama appointee uh, to the, the federal judiciary. That included including a friend of mine, a Republican from Maryland, uh, who was subsequently renominated to the same seat, the U.S. District Court for the District of Maryland, uh, and was approved 27 to 1, right? I mean, this was, the holdup was just, oh, is this somebody that uh, Obama has nominated? Well, then Mitch McConnell said, they're not coming up for a vote. So let's explain that in real terms. If the Democrats lose one of these races tonight, then not only can Mitch McConnell potentially block every single Biden nominee to the judiciary for the next two years, uh, but that Mitch McConnell will also have what is essentially veto power over all of Joe Biden's cabinet, because those folks must be appointed with the advice and consent of the Senate. So, you know, last <laughs> Q&A, you and I talked about who's going to be the next attorney general, right? AG for AG, yeah, and, I've been and, on that. <laughs> And you know what was funny was that um, I had said, I bet he waits until Georgia. And then a, a reporter said, at, had asked him, are you waiting for the Georgia runoff to, to, <laughs> to say? And he's like, no, no, I think we'll have something out before Christmas or right after the holiday, before the new year. And I was like, mm, really, bro? And here we are. Because, you know, Trump had nominated Sessions November 18th. Mm -hmm. And... Obama nominated Eric Holder on December 1st. We are now into the next year. No one has ever waited this long to nominate an attorney general. And it's going, uh, his pick is going to be so determined by who wins these runoffs tonight. Because if, 
if the Democrats win, he can put in who he wants to put in. If the Republicans win, he's got to put in somebody that the Republicans will approve. That is correct. And again, I, let me emphasize what the Republicans can do. The playbook they can run is not just an outvoting, right? Because I, I hear and I get this from my more liberal listeners. I'm sure you get them all, all the time um, of, oh, well, you know, and also you have to make sure, you know, that you don't lose uh, the, you know, centrist Democrats at Joe Manchin in, in West Virginia or Kirsten Sinema in Arizona. That's true. But we're not just talking about numbers. We are talking about the power to schedule hearings, the power to decide what comes up for a vote and what doesn't. And that has been the primary Mitch McConnell weapon for, you know, mm-hmm. the past six years. So and he we, has have a, said, we have a question. Oh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Please, oh, please finish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, and, no, no, and, and McConnell has said McConnell has said he will block every single piece of there, there will be no votes on any Biden. Uh, anything well, he said he has in said fairness, i think i think what he said was all blah all blah. God, I <laughs> right. anyway I, I have too much of a chin to to, to <laughs> give a good impression Ooh, of mitch mcconnell <laughs> but we do have yeah we do have a question but before we get to that question i also want to encourage everyone who's listening right now to tell everyone on your social media to send them the link to this and to, to join this discussion because we'll be taking your questions and we're going to be giving you updates on what's coming in right now. Uh, it's still far too early to call in Georgia, but Warnock and Ossoff are up um, by about, uh, looks like about 50,000 votes apiece. And they're running sort of the same. So it, 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 it appears that, that everyone who voted for Warnock voted for Ossoff and vice versa. Everyone who voted for Leffler voted for Purdue. The numbers are looking, looking very even. And we'll be keeping you updated during this. So if you're listening right now, just let everyone know, let your friends know to join this conversation. We would really love to see everybody here. Let's go ahead and take that first. Yeah. I want to know what we can do as, as a party to fight back against all these idiots who are just clearly less concerned with our democracy than they are with their political future. I, I have been right. I wrote letters. I sent postcards. I did texts. But, you know, in between elections, what the hell can we do to these people? It's outrageous. It's unbelievable. And I'm running out of exp- uh, <laughs> superlatives to t- describe it. I'm on, on the Reddit. I'm in New Jersey. And thanks. Wow. Well, hey. Yeah. Hey, Loretta, we, we feel your pain. Um, I, I, I want to tell you a couple of things, right? So um, for, first, I, I, I want to give a shout out to AG. Um, one of the things that, uh, that, that you and I both did uh, in this interregnum period was uh, we organized online fundraiser for the Warnock and Ossoff campaigns and across two separate uh, hearings we, together, uh, you and I and some of our podcasting friends uh, in um, you know left of center podcast political podcastville uh, raised almost a quarter of a million dollars for these candidates, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it, being able to be active in the process and do something right as I as I watch these numbers trickle in right like I, I know that they're sli- the, the the campaigns told us right we had representatives from. Uh, who from both campaigns who came on uh, and who talked to us behind the scenes and they said they were pouring every dollar into get out the vote efforts and so mm-hmm. when I when I look at these raw vote totals I know that some of those numbers are thanks to what you and I and our listeners and and, and some of the other great shows uh, that participated did now I'm not just saying that to sort of pat us on the back what 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 I do want to say to kind of tamp down. Um, not that we're not with you on frustration and anxiety. Um, remember that Joe Biden is not the president yet, right? Mm-hmm. So that there is, um, you know, we, we have a 24-hour cable news cycle, you know, that sort of expects like, oh, hey, um, how come Joe Biden hasn't fixed everything yet? And, 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 and I just want to say like that, that mindset, encouraging that frustration is part of the Republican playbook, right? The Republican playbook is, uh, right, I want to shrink government down to the size where it fits in a bathtub and then strangle it in the bathtub. Or I'm, I'm mixing the metaphors. But but basically, Republicans <laughs> argue that government is, that was a Ronald Reagan misquote. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, they, but they argue that government is the problem. And as proof of that, when you elect them, they break things and then point to it and say, see, we told you it couldn't work. 
right? Donald yeah, Trump deliberately exactly. kneecapping the U.S. Postal Service is, you know, exhibit number nine million, and 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 it's it's so obvious because he's so stupid and ham-fisted about it. But this has been going on at every level of our government for the past four years in an active way, right? And and it begins with just think of every popular example you can for the past twenty years, right? Think about uh, George W. Bush appointing John Bolton as UN ambassador after John Bolton made his career saying the United States should withdraw from the United Nations, right? Uh, putting Rick Perry in charge of the Department of Energy when Rick Perry's signature moment was, I think we should abolish the Department of Energy, right? These are not Yeah, no, yeah, Andrew, Andrew, we, we <laughs> yeah. had said when he was nominating his cabinet that Trump would put a dingo in charge of a baby. And that is what he did. Uh, exactly and, right. And I want to say to Loretta, you know, aside from voting, what we can do, and this is going to be a lot of what our podcast is going to is going to be about, clean up on L45 starting January 20th, is going to be about keeping up the public vocal pressure on this administration to hold these people accountable. And and I think that because, you know, we've we've been through so much the last four years, we thought, oh, the emoluments stuff, we should impeach him. Nope, that didn't work. The Mueller report, that didn't work. That was quashed. Then then the impeachment came and the impeachment didn't work. And we're sitting here like, what can we do? And, you know, you and I, Andrew, said multiple times, the, it's going to be up to us. We are the Mullers we've been waiting for. We are we are our own heroes. We are going to have to fire Trump. And we did. And now, just so you know, there's breaking news coming out right now. Pence has told Donald Trump he does not have the power to overturn the election. So that's what's going to happen tomorrow. And we knew that. And he and that's obvious because it's in the fucking Constitution. But <laughs> it's being now a source is telling uh, is telling several multiple media agencies that Pence has said no to Trump. I can't overturn the election during the thing for you tomorrow. So that's um, good news, at least that we're getting some sort of confirmation on that. And with 25, 26 percent of the estimated vote in both Warnock and Ossoff are up about four points each. So it, it, it's it's looking OK. We'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep an eye on it for you. But Loretta, besides voting, I, I just have to tell you, we just have to keep our voices loud and we have to keep pushing this new administration to, you know, and, and, and like like Andrew brought up earlier, if the Democrats win tonight, we will likely see a stronger attorney general than we would have had if they don't. And if that happens, we might not have to push as hard but we still need to keep pushing. It's our government. We have, we can't, we can't have a democracy and not participate in it. It's, it's really up to us. And I think that's the hard lesson that we've learned over the last four years. I, I, I could just sit back and listen to you for, for hours. And <laughs> I, I agree with that hundred percent. One thread that you mentioned that uh, I, I want to tug at a little bit because um, I, I think it's so important, and, and I think it was just really, really perceptive. Um, there are two ways the Democrats can lose tonight, right? That The Democrats could win one of these races, right? And that is Warnock is running ahead of, of Ossoff right now. Um, mm -hmm. And and if they split, however unlikely a result that we thought that would be, however unlikely it looks like it's about to be, um, that's that's as good as you know. I mean, that's effectively uh, the equivalent of losing both, right? In other words, we have to win both of those races. That margin looks like it's three tenths of a percent, which means that yeah. the top line, right? That means we need Warnock to beat Loeffler, and I and I think that's probably because. Loeffler and Purdue are both uh, horrible and corrupt and terrible. And and Loeffler is slightly more dispalatable than than Purdue, I think. Um, yes, and, Ossoff uh, is very young, <laughs> and is very young. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of different there's a lot of different yeah. factors here. Um, but they they look pretty even. But it's a it's a 03 percent margin that Warnock is yep. doing better than Ossoff right now. Uh, but again, we're only twenty seven percent of the vote in. There's still <laughs> a lot of votes that have to come in from a lot of red counties, uh, yep. and, and there are still Fulton County. There's we're still waiting for hundreds of thousands of votes to come in from there too. So it's going to be interesting to see how this turns out tonight. We knew it would be close no matter what. So we're just going to have to keep our eye on it, but. Andrew, I wanted to bring something up a, a, a little bit of a, a talk a little legal with you, because bef since the last time you and I spoke, we have had this phone call 
uh, <laughs> Donald Trump and, and Raffensperger. And I, I'm willing to bet that everyone who's listening to us right now probably went ahead and listened to that entire one hour and six minutes of that call, or at least the pertinent parts. But I talk a little bit about the criminal of it. And because, you know, you and I aren't the types to come out and say, this is definitely, a, a you know, well, I am kind of the type to say this is a crime. But, <laughs> but with the caveat that it has to be successfully and upheld through appeal and et cetera. And between a criminal prosecution of what went on in this call versus an impeachment process for an abuse of power. And a lot of people are saying they do not want to bother to impeach Trump again. And it looks like they might try to circulate a censure of what Trump has done. I am pro-impeachment. And I spoke to the former Solicitor General, Neil Katyal, and, and his co-author, uh, Sammy Koppelman, uh, today. I also spoke to former special agent Asha Rangappa today. They are all in agreement that this president should be impeached again because impeachment kind of covers the things that federal criminal doesn't cover, right? And this is a clear power, and it would it is the duty of the Congress as a body under Article One impeach when this kind of stuff happens because otherwise we set the region do whatever the hell they want and that's bad yeah and that has been the the takeaway of the trump administration right that uh donald trump has flagrantly violated the laws since his first days in office uh when he named jared kushner to the white house staff uh in absolute plain black and white violation of the uh the anti-nepotism act um and he didn't care. His supporters didn't care. Republicans didn't care. That extended all the way through extorting uh, Ukraine, which is invaded by a hostile foreign power and under Russian occupation, uh, tw mm. roughly 12% of Ukraine. Uh, and, and this president yeah. held back crucial yeah, foreign war. military aid. Yeah. In a, in a, in a country, I mean, this is this is as if right it is the equivalent to if the russians occupied large parts of texas and <laughs> our foreign allies said well you know we'd love to help you with your russia problem but you know first you've got to publicly announce things that are blatantly false in order to help one political candidate in one of our, I mean, like it is, it yeah. is inexplicable and inexcusable. Um, sorry, my, my blood pressure is getting up again. That's okay. Uh, but, and Andrew, but, uh, I have to point out, I have to point out, we have like 10 questions in the queue. So. Oh gosh. All right. Well, yeah, let's try and do a lightning round, but um, I, I agree should be re-impeached. Um, opening arguments on Friday is going to be titled if, if I win my argument with Thomas uh, that, Donald Trump is going to prison in Georgia. Um, so I, I think that there is a very, very strong case that he has violated uh, Georgia state election laws, which are beyond the purview of him or Pence or anybody to pardon him. Um, yeah, and, and, uh, and I think this is County, open and shut. I'm hoping yeah. the, Fulton, the Fulton County District Attorney brings, brings some fire. Uh, right, well, we could talk about that. But yeah, yeah, let's play next question. All right, here we go. So question here, is it possible that we could get a special investigation into Mitch McConnell and his um, usurping of the law for his own benefit? Hmm, specifically, um, thank you for the question. I'm wondering specifically what the investigation would be in, in usurping for his own. I'm not quite sure which law. Um, you're referencing, um, uh, you know, because Mitch McConnell, by the rules of the Senate, has the power to be the dick that yep. he is. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would say I'll, I'll say it more explicitly. No, um, and I wouldn't want that that to be the case, right? Like what Mitch McConnell did that is unprecedented and evil and wrong is disregarded every norm, uh, but played by, you know, what we often jokingly refer to as the air bud rules, right? Um, <laughs> it doesn't say anywhere that a dog can't play basketball, right? And if, if he was not expressly prohibited from doing something, by God, he did it, right? Um, 
that that's not the same. And look, like that has disastrous, terrible long-term consequences that uh, you and I are going to be talking about how we fix on the show. Clean up on aisle yeah. forty-five. Thanks, thanks for the opportunity to plug that. Um, but but they were not criminal, and I would not want to see the criminal process debased in that way. And I say this as a very, very liberal Democrat, right? Um, I think it is worth distinguishing. It is it is essential to the rule of law to distinguish between Donald Trump, who is a criminal and does not care, and Mitch McConnell, who is law-abiding but evil and does not yeah, care. Yeah, but lawful yeah. is what is what we refer yeah. to it as. And, and something to think about, too, um, for the person who just asked the question, they said no name, uh, so I'm, I'm, that's why I'm not referring to them by their name. But mm. Always consider, would you want Republicans to be able to do that to Democrats? <laughs> um, you kind of, you always want to flip it. And, and that's one of the things I've learned. I'm not a lawyer, but I've learned reading all these briefs and going through all these, these exercises over the past four years that you always want to think about it from the other person. You know, like when we talked about Flynn being able to be yanked back into the military to be court-martialed, yep. would you want them to be able to do that to me? you know, uh, and so, or you, you know, any other uh, veteran, right? Because if, you know, the military was going to charge adultery because my attacker was married. So then you're like, do you, do you would it be cool if the, if the military yanked me back in and charged me with adultery and court-martialed me? No, that would be something that you don't want to see happen. So from that other perspective, let's hit the next question. Hey guys, Kiros here again. Once again, I want to thank you guys for keeping us well-informed, safe, and knowledge. Uh, this week, I have a different kind of question for you guys. Um, my question for you is, this is for both of you. If you could change, remove, or add any state or federal law, what would you do and why? Hmm, wow, you want, to, you want to start that uh, one off? Yeah. Sure. And before I answer that question, we just had a big jump in the poll numbers here. We now have 37% reporting. And the jump, it's a considerable jump for the Democrats. They're now up by each by about nine points now. Uh, 11 in the case of Ossoff, excuse me, 11, 10, 10-ish points. Uh, but that gap has gotten a little bit bigger between the Warnock and Ossoff lead. It is now at 0.5%, um, meaning Warnock has 55.7 and Ossoff has 55.2. Uh, but significant numbers coming in from Fulton County, I believe. Yeah, Fulton County, um, which is where Atlanta is. So that was just a huge jump that uh, that both of the Democrats took. Again, we only have 30 percent, it's 7 percent of the vote in. Uh, but anyway, uh, on to changing the federal or state law, what I would change, remove or add. Um, I would. I would add a law. I would add the Voting Rights Act. That's that's what I would add. <laughs> and I know what you're thinking. Don't we have one of those? Yeah, but it's been gutted by the Supreme Court. Um, that that's probably uh, that that neighborhood is sort of where I would go to first. Um, these are unsexy uh, answers. Part of what I, I, I love about you, they're, you know, they're, they're they're process answers, but they really are the key to the Republicans who are an extreme minority in this country. And I mean extreme in a relative sense, right? The the, mm -hmm. the if you put all of the Republicans together, they are roughly at their at their apex 46% of, of the population. Um and that that's the level that gets you killed, right? I mean, th th that's not a close race, right? Um, 48, 49 is a close race. Uh, they have been able to hang on through uh, extensive gerrymandering um, at, at, in, in uh, a, 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 a super majority of states. Um, and by uh, the uh, corollary to gerrymandering, which is maximizing Republican advantage uh, in states that are evenly divided or even slightly blue leaning like Wisconsin. Um, they have also succeeded in recharacterizing states through voter open voter suppression efforts. Uh, and those start with, 
you know, draconian and stupid voter ID laws, purging voters off the rolls who uh, have moved in a two-year period or don't respond to one of 63 postcards that get sent to them or right. all sorts of other things. Right. So all of that is a way of saying, look, that the, we have to deal with these structural advantages that Republicans have been um, secretly and not so secretly using to stack the deck in their favor mm -hmm. for the past 20 years if for we decades. could just have yeah if we could just have a an return even, to a level playing field that's an right even play um, an, an even playing field yeah. that's all yeah. we want we just want rich people to pay their fair share and we want to <laughs> when it comes to voting absolutely uh, i it is 40 yep. percent in now and they are each up by 11 points and i'm freaking out yep. um it's uh, a that's just, a 200 in raw votes it's a 200,000 vote margin right so it is I'm Warnock just, and Ossoff 975,000 Loeffler and Purdue about 775,000 uh we're rounding as the numbers keep coming in but uh about trying a, not to get too excited I know it, it's gonna be it's gonna be four to five million votes cast right so we're gonna yes. get 40 40 percent so we got a long way to go um but uh yeah <laughs> okay, Let's play next another question. question. The next question. Okay, so it's Loretta again. Here's this here's a follow-up for an, for an, a related but separate issue. What do we do about the right-wing media? I remember when the fairness doctrine was a thing. I remember when news media actually had to provide facts and not bullshit. So <laughs> what do we do about that? Because quite honestly, without the media, without the right-wing media you know, bubble and circle jerk, a lot of this shit wouldn't even be happening. Thanks again. Uh, Bye. Yeah. We, Loretta, we, that's we, a really love good you. we love you, Loretta. <laughs> that is a really good question. And here's what I have to say. This country is going to have to go through a reckoning of understanding what disinformation can do to us. We don't know what that's like until, you know, <clears throat> it just hit us like, a, like, it came out of the yeah. blue, not out of the blue, but it hit us real hard in 2016. The Ukrainians are looking at us like, what are you new? They, you know, they've been through this kind of uh, disinformation, whether it comes from within the house or from, you know, overseas or from bad actors, from foreign bad actors. But it's going to take time and it's going to be ugly and painful, but we're going to have to go through a reckoning of how to deal with disinformation, whether it's domestic or foreign in this country, because we are noobs at it. We do not know how to deal with it and we don't know how to cope with it. I, I, I want to underscore that 100 percent. I'm, I'm going to add on a couple of things. So let me be very, very clear about this. There is not an easy answer and there is definitely not a legislative answer to the fact that uh, we as a nation are terrible at deciphering fact from fiction. Um, I've given a, a, a couple of talks on this. And, and while you are sitting at your computer, go to www.thispersondoesnotexist.com. Um, and you will see computer-generated deep fakes that are undetectable as false, right? So in other words, um, it, is, it is absolutely crucial that we understand that I could manufacture something tomorrow that is 100 percent, you know, of Joe Biden murdering a hobo in the streets of Delaware, right? And it would be indistinguishable from reality, right? Mm. You have to know, oh, Joe Biden, oh, why would why would the the president elect of the United States murdering someone only be reported on you know uh, I'm a crazy kook.com right like it, it, it we we're going to need to get much much better I want to give thirty seconds on the fairness doctrine because I see a lot of folks on our side talking about it the fairness doctrine was already de facto dead in the mid eighties before the Reagan administration killed it 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 works fantastically well when you have three networks um, it works <laughs> unbelievably not good when you have have an internet, right? We cannot yeah. legislate Fox News out of existence. What we have to do is the much, much harder task of sitting down with mom and dad and Uncle Frank and the people in your life who spout back idiocy and nonsense and help them learn to develop some critical thinking skills. And I know that's a sucky answer, right? I know you want to hear the lawyer say like, well, all we have to do is pass Senate Bill 31. We also have to, we all of the all of the, the young generation that's coming up, we have to teach them how to distinguish. Yep. Uh, it's going to be an education um, yep. route. It is, but it is the social question of, of the next two decades. 
And, yeah, and, and it's going to be long and painful and difficult, but we're going to have to have a reckoning of understanding disinformation. Yeah. Um, all right, next. We got a lot of questions. You guys are awesome. Thank you for Love being you here. Guys. First of all. Thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to, to this new show that we're going to launch and it's going to be, it's going to be good. Uh, next up. Kind of a short one, potentially. Why is Kelly Leffler allowed to vote on certification? Oh, uh, <laughs> well, she's the current Senator, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because because it's her seat. Look, I think that I, the, the, that was that was math professor asking the question, and I think yeah. that the I think that the implicit argument, um, and and by the way, this argument was raised by a, a House Republican member of the Freedom Caucus, right? Far right dude, not somebody we agree with on anything. Names escaping me at the moment. It's not really important. Um, uh, uh, Phil, I, I, I want to say delay, but it's not delay. I'm 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 I'm, I'm just. Uh, throwing out right-wing hack names. So not somebody we agree with on anything, uh, but who uh, moved basically said, um, if you're one of the uh, 12 senators and who knows how many members of Congress who intend to challenge the the electoral vote totals tomorrow, um, but you got reelected in those states, um, that, that that you ought to be disqualified and that the Senate- Oh, that was Bill Pascal. Uh, uh, there was somebody else too. Um, but oh, there was okay. a there was a, a oh, congressman was a from Texas. Yeah, right wing dude from from Texas. Um, but but the same thing, right? And that argument that this is this is how you know. I mean, this sort of dovetails with our answer to the previous question, right? You know that Trumpers are, are offering pretextual arguments when they say, "Oh, the vote was rigged. It was terrible. Trump won." Blah 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 blah. Oh yeah, but also I totally believe that the down ballot races were valid. Right. Well, I mean, what what the hell kind of insane nonsense is that? Right. Like what what kind of what kind of massive Democratic dominion, sickle, intercontinental secret uh, cabal of of crypto, uh, 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 you know, numerology has Democrats narrowly win the presidency, lose the Senate and lose seats in the House? I mean, give me a break. Um, mm -hmm. And 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 it, it collapses under the slightest bit of scrutiny. Uh, but too many people, right? You know, you and I have talked about this, and and, and you know, we need to tamp down even on our own side. Like, have these sort of sh shirts and skins notion of well, if it's if it's if it benefits my team, I'm for it, no matter how transparently stupid the argument is. And one of the things that you know I I love about UAG uh, is that when when you and I have conversations, we <laughs> we are a hundred percent willing to call out our side for making bad arguments um mm. to 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 criticize faulty reasoning and bad ideas from the left as as much as on the right and um and, and i want to get back to that right <laughs> I, i'd like to level the playing field first but i i want to get back to that so yeah uh all right let's uh we're up to 44 percent in uh we're down to about a, a nine point difference on each side there again warnock has a slight advantage over loffler than ossoff has over purdue um only 28 percent of dekalb county is reporting uh right now so a lot of these votes that are going to come in are going to come in for biden but again we'll see what happens uh, i'm going to go hit play on the next question here yeah can we expect tonight's results in georgia to be contested with the same ridiculous mm -hmm. series of illegitimate court filings as the presidential results have been? Yeah, uh, Pample Muse, yes, definitely. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be the same. There's going to be a recount. There'll be another recount. There'll be another certificate. There'll be uh, there'll be uh, lawsuits. They're, they're going to call for the, the resignation of Kemp and Raffensperger like they're doing now. It's going, there's going to be probably more phone calls um desperate 18 you know <laughs> 18 phone calls to try to get somebody to flip it for somebody uh although you know trump might not mind uh if mitch loses the senate because then he's not standing by himself on the loser board and uh so we'll, <laughs> we'll see how he he takes to it mentally he might be he might be like haha i told you you dumb republicans for not helping me cheat that's what you get. And he might use it to his advantage and we might not see those lawsuits. Yeah. I, I want to underscore that at the, around the 50 minute mark uh, of the Trump Raffensperger call that, you know, we discussed that, that took place on uh, January 3rd. Um, Trump 
part of what makes this such a a, a slam dunk of a crime, uh, you know, Trump leans in to uh, uh, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and says, you know, if I were you, I'd get this thing knocked out today or tomorrow because, you know, you got an election coming up next week. And those people uh, are very, very mad at what you're doing to their president. And they're going to take it out on you. And they're not going to vote for Republicans if, you know, you don't give me what I want. So I, I, I think we have some um, per- perverse hope that uh, that Donald Trump's ego uh, will, will tamp that down. There is also, um, I, I do want to point out, some legal reason to expect uh, that this will go better and more smoothly, and that is um, states are essentially sovereign in how they run their own internal elections, right? Yeah. So that means that, you know, yeah. these are... Chill about that. Republicans used yeah. to be like, we're federalists. You let those states have their own rights. But but only, you know, when we want to keep slaves. Yeah, only, um, only if they, other, yeah. Any other yeah. time, uh, the, the government needs to be in charge, except when we want to distribute vaccines. Uh, but, you know, it, it, they, they pick and choose their, when they're going to be federalists and when they're not, and when they support states' rights and when they don't, based purely on holding power and racism. I mean, that's pretty, that's like what it boils down to. Um, so, it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on this one, Andrew. No argument there. All right, what's next? Thank you for all these questions. This is great. So this is Jessica, by the way. Hello, you two. So when it comes to being able to start haranguing my more liberal, I'm much further left than they are, but my more liberal friends, when am I, as the pinko commie lefty in the group, allowed to start harassing people to... Like, yay, you got your boys, you got your girls, you got your Bidens, you got your whatevers. Uh, We need to work on this other shit. When am I allowed to start doing that without being a negative Nancy? Oh, Jessica, I love you for asking this question. You you are allowed to start doing that immediately. January 20th at 12.01 p.m. (laughs) Um, You aren't allowed to start pushing this administration to the left. And the best way to do this, I have to tell you, is to start locally with your local elections. Run for something. Run for city council. Run for school board. And and start there and just start infiltrating your ideas and your visions into into your local area and your local neighborhood. And if everyone around the country does that, it is going to trickle up to the White House. It's going to take a while. But it's never too early to start pushing this administration because this is your government. It's not theirs. But it's never too early to start pushing them for the ideas and the, and the reality that you want to see happen. Yeah, we, we, we love you, Jessica. Um, that uh, I, I agree with that 100 percent. I think my only hesitancy is um, that I, I think what you want to do is you, you want to calibrate the um the reward or opprobrium uh to you know what <laughs> to to the the realm of the possible right so um you know i see and this came out in um uh you know one of the pre- the previous questions right like um i i think our side and by our side i mean you know the, the left of center side um we, we tend to get frustrated when um things don't change immediately and mm-hmm. um yeah. and, and there's a lot of example, hard work to do yeah perfect example is medicare for all right yeah. jessica i i want medicare for all i'm pretty sure you could probably do too i'm i i'm even for a national health system like like a fully government-run healthcare system because the department of veterans affairs is a great model uh and i think we could take that national and uh but anyway um it's not going to happen in this administration it just it simply won't because we don't have 60 uh, Democrats in, in, in the Senate, which you still need to pass any legislation. Uh, and that's, that's this government, the founders designed this government so that wherever our political framework is, and it's moved left over the last couple, like 20, couple decades, 20, 30 years, we are more left than we used to be. Uh, however, it moves very slowly and it's designed to target the bell curve, everybody in the center. That is how it was designed to work. And so it can get very frustrating when we want to see big change fast, that big structural change that Elizabeth Warren, who was my pony, when you know, Elizabeth Warren was talking about that big structural change we want to see, it, it just takes a really long time and it's 
now, especially in this age, in since we've you know become technologically aware and developed the internet, we are taking in 1600 times more data per second than it, some, there's some crazy number, but we are so used to fast, fast information and lots of it and quick change and immediate responses. Uh, because we've become so technologically advanced, but our government wasn't designed to 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 be that way. So that 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 cognitive dissonance makes it extremely frustrating. But I think I, I stand by my act locally. <laughs> I I agree. And, and and let me add one more super quick thing. Um, right, primary Diane Feinstein. Right. Um, it, so much of our uh, but but leave. Uh, uh, Joe Manchin alone, right? <laughs> like, so, yeah. so I, I find this very, very frustrating when progressive groups to whom I donate money for, whom I volunteer and serve on their boards, we sort of get equally mad at Joe Manchin in a uh, Trump plus 40 state and Dianne Feinstein in a Biden plus 30 state, right? Like, yeah, like there's no reason Dianne Feinstein should be in the Senate. Go primary her and let's get, you know, the Senate, let's get Katie Porter in the Senate, right? Like, like yes, you know, wouldn't have done that be amazing, but but far too often I see these kind of blunderbuss like you know let's take out all the you know centrist Democrat no like run where you have the strength if you're in an area where support for Medicare for all is eighty twenty awesome like that make that a litmus test and organize and run somebody uh, in the primaries um, if if you're in an area where that's not, then, you know, work on changing the dialogue, work on changing minds, you know, work on running, uh, you know, at a, at a lower level yeah, of resolution, you gotta, but, but, you but take that into to, account. You got to <laughs> run to win. You have to run to win. Otherwise it's a Republican. Yeah. And then we are the, we are the, we, we are the party that, that values people voting and respects the wishes of the majority. And you have to, yeah, I just have to agree sometimes like, Okay, and so what that means is that, like, you, you know, the congressman from Utah is going to be super conservative. Like, I, you know, I wish they weren't, right? But you know, changing the mindset out there is going to take more than, um, you know, yeah. one and that's one why race, we, one and that's cycle. Why we have, and that's why we have primaries too. So there we go. Mm -hmm. um, next up here, let's see. A uh, question: Is there any lawsuits against? Um, Jeff Sessions or any of the others who were involved with the child separation uh, during Trump's term. This is uh, Kaylin. I hope everyone's doing good. Bye. Thanks, Kaylin. Andrew, I don't. I haven't heard of any lawsuits against. Uh, well, I mean, there's been that one major lawsuit with it. Uh, with the decision was that they that the government had to reunite these children with their parents, and they just aren't. Right. Yeah, and 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 what I and so the top line answer to the question is no, uh, but the I want to differentiate between um, different types of action that that can be taken, right? So, for example, um, as far as I know, right, when 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 you say um, legal action, right, um, on the one hand, right, like Jeff Sessions uh, did not commit a crime. Uh, as far as we can tell, in implementing the odious border separation policy, right? Like no, that but is there, a. But there a, is a lawsuit. But like there but, is a lawsuit out there against um uh, uh what was what I mean it's it's recent too, where they have to. Uh, it, it, it has it, to do with the with the it has to do with the with the uh, uh the, the 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 baca um. Uh, oh no no no! Remember when they sued. Remember when they sued the refugee for the refugee asylum status, uh, the asylum seekers sued and, and the judge found that uh, the the head of the Department of Homeland Security is not there legally and so therefore had no authority yep. to yep. to make that. And, to make and that was going to be in one of you. You, you jumped ahead because you always anticipate where I'm going, which I love about <laughs> you. Um, it, 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 where individuals have exceeded their authority, absolutely, we need to be bringing those lawsuits. So for example, one of the things I expected to see filed um, within the next month or two uh, are massive numbers of lawsuits challenging virtually every policy that has come out of the Department of Homeland Security over the past two years. It is clear, it is crystal clear, as clear as anything in the law, 
um, that Chad Wolf uh, was not properly uh, the acting director of the Department of Homeland Security uh, under the um, Presidential uh, Vacancies and Reform Act, um, uh, the Federal Vacancies and Reform Act. Uh, and the remedy under that statute is that everything he did as a policy becomes void ab initio. That means from the very beginning, uh, if challenged in court. And these are easy Ooh, lawsuits to tee up. I love it when you talk about oh. Um, I don't do it. I don't do it often because I, I don't really speak it that well. So, um, but, <laughs> uh, but, um, but that's, but I want to emphasize, I want to bring lawsuits where it's clear we're in the right and it's clear that the relief will do what we want to do. Um, in general, I say this as a lawyer and as a trial lawyer, um, although, you know, not a, not a government or, or criminal attorney, uh, I do, I do civil lawsuits, but lawsuits are not a good way at, at getting at the truth, right? Lawsuits are a good way at adjudicating rights in a fair mechanism that, that, that the roughly fair procedure that, that we've decided, you know, this is, these are the games of the rules that we're going to apply. Um, right, it's about, but it's they about rarely get at the truth. Congressional investigations, on the other ding, hand, ding, ding. are about uncovering the truth. And so for a lot of these things, what I really want to see, then that's why we do the contrast on uh, the, the sessions, uh, why, why I, I'm not convinced that, that the lawsuit is the best idea there. What, what I really want to see are all of the internal memoranda at DOJ, uh, at, at, at all, you know, by and between executive branch agencies that went into crafting that policy. I want to see the directives that went down. I want to know how these monsters came to this decision. Um, so I want broad ranging congressional investigations, um, yep. hopefully in both the House and the Senate. So hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're now got... looking at 50 percent in. Right. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, it looks like a six and a half point lead. Looks like just over one hundred and forty thousand votes. Um, mm. I, I, you know, one hundred and one hundred and thirty thousand in, in the Asaf Purdue case. Um, this is it's it's tight, you know. I, I mean, you'd, you'd rather be up by 130, 140 than down by 130, 140. Um, you know, this is this going to be close. And again, you know, remember that if uh, if if Warnock wins by 50,000 votes or fewer, um, you know, you could wind up in that in that in that situation where um, we win one race, but not both. I don't mean to be a, a downer on that, but I don't see a lot of people talking about the Delta and that bothers me. So, um, That's all right. so That's I'm, all right. I'm talking about the Delta. It, it, I think, I think everybody does know that we have to win both seats in yeah. order to get any kind of uh, control in the Senate. Um, and this is, and um, I should to argue against myself, right? This is as nationalized as two Senate races can ever get, right? Like it, it never gets closer than this between you know two different Democratic and two different Republican candidates. So I, I, we have done a good job of getting that message out. It just edge cases scare me. So I'm sorry. Please go ahead and, and do our next uh, question. Yeah, we only have about 15, 13 minutes left. I don't know that we're going to get to everyone's questions, but we're going to try. So here's the next one. What's up, guys? A uh, long-time listener of both Opening Arguments and Daily Beans here from San Diego. Um, I'm fascinated by the early power struggles uh, that's been ongoing in Republicans uh, for 2024, and, and have already started. Rubio, Hawley, Cruz, Haley, Christie, Paul, etc. I think we're in for an absolute bloodbath, and I am so here for it. Um, what effect do you think the Trump family might have on the 2024 race? And uh, will Trump be a runner, an endorser, or a vote splitter? All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, this is so good. Roger, first of all, thank you. And yay, San Diego. That's what we do. We're here in the whale's vagina. And uh, <laughs> here's – that's from Anchorman, by the way. That's not I know. What um, so here, here's the thing. We have to – you go first, Andrew. <laughs> I've got thoughts. Yeah. I, I love the question. I, I have so many thoughts on this. I was just laughing about this earlier, sort of watching because somebody had asked a question uh, on, uh, you know, one of the opening arguments threads of, you know, why is Ted Cruz, who, uh, you know, was a year ahead of me at Harvard Law School and knows better than the stunt he's trying to orchestrate tomorrow uh, to contest the uh, uh, electoral votes in various states? Why is Ted Cruz doing that? The answer is very simple because uh, he thinks as the last 
Republican standing in in the 2016 primary that um, he can just swoop in and get the uh, the Trump voting block by catering to them now. And I'm sitting there thinking like, what are are you are you stupid? You you do you honestly not think that Donald Trump Jr. or Ivanka Trump is going to run and immediately take that away from all of you, you know, craven career politicians who are just trying to suck up to them? Like I, it it so. I am a firm believer that um, I think under any circumstances, right, if Trumpism is repudiated over the next four years or if the Republican Party retrenches into Trumpism, that either way, uh, we will see a person with the surname Trump uh, running in the Republican primary in 2024. If you want Trumpism to be repudiated, you got to be rooting with us tonight, right? The Republican Party will have to do some soul searching if they lose two Senate races in a runoff in Georgia. I mean, that, that has good. never happened. <laughs> no, there's been eight in Senate the runoffs in, eight runoffs in Georgia and Republicans have won all eight. Uh, now, here's the thing. This, yeah, is the party going to split? Is it going to be Trump Republicans and then Republican Republicans? But I don't see anybody other than like Mitt Romney, maybe Pence sort of standing up and being the Republican Republicans. It feels like the Republican Party is the Trump party. But I don't know that everyone wants to follow Trump, so I don't know if he's going to be a vote splitter or or not. But it would be very interesting to me. Uh, I would personally love it if 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 it became if 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 the Republican Party cleaved into two pieces. I mean, it's got a history of doing it every sixty years or so. Uh, <laughs> I, you know what I would say to that is. Take a look at the Republican Party's rhetoric uh, a week before Donald Trump clinched the nomination. Right, the during during the age of Lindsey Graham saying, "If we nominate Trump, we'll get destroyed and we'll deserve it." Of Mitt Romney going on television for an hour to say, "You know, this is a craven, callow opportunist who you know has litigated his way uh, out of every situation he's ever been in." Right, like and and all of them instantly shut the hell up the instant that that became oh wait this is where the 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 gravity you know the center of gravity of the republican party is oh, okay well now we're all trump republicans so well, also I, I would yeah, say you also have to remember that once you're a made man once you're in the mafia you can't get out like <laughs> this is, you know there's a lot of crime going on i think i think you will see them to to varying degrees of success uh but i think you will see them try right i think you will see if if yeah. if lindsey graham can go from being one of the most liberal Republicans in the Senate uh, and, and, and one of the loudest critics of Trump's character to the, the homunculus that he is today, um, then, you know, anybody can do anything. Mm. All right, next question here. On a lighter subject uh, regarding the new <laughs> podcast, I'd like to know, is this going to be a Beans podcast or is this going to be a Pins podcast? Because while... Beans are my favorite reminders. Pins are a close second. Uh, Andrew, do you put pins in things? Oh, I put I put pins in things. So we we, we may have to come up with uh, because you 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 may have noticed a slight uh, competition between uh, opening arguments listeners and daily beans Mueller she wrote <laughs> listeners as to whom interrupts whom more often. Now, I didn't think of that. Uh, it, 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 well aware that you know I, I, there's probably some I, I latent inherent sexism in that, and I, and I mean that. To, I to interrupt sincerely. you far um, more often, but it's because you don't yeah. stop talking. Well, that's true. I, I've I've learned to <laughs> to to breathe through my eye slits, um, but but uh, no, we have it's it's the thing you know you see it on this Q and A, and it's the thing that I I think I'm most looking forward to on the show is that um, I I think you and I are going to um, I, you know sh- struggle in the best possible way uh, to keep up with each other. Um, so I don't know how much there will be. I will be able to put a pin in something because if I don't get that out right now, like AG, she's, she's going to be on six new things, but by, you know, but before we get there. So um, I'm really <laughs> excited about it. And, um, and, and I'm, I glad, imagine, I'm glad you are too. I imagine you'll put pins and things and I'll put beans on stuff and, and it'll just be how it is for a while till, till something magical happens. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I'm we'll sure we'll out. develop our own vocabulary that we already have started to. So a hundred percent.
but thank you for that question too. That's fun. Uh, all right, let's see what let's see who's next here. We only got about five minutes left. A lot of questions. Love hey, it. sorry, I keep trying to figure this out and I'm bad at it. Uh, my question was, this is Liz. Uh, what you know? What have lawyers done right and what have they done wrong during the Trump administration? Travel ban, our response is good. Election lawsuits seems bad. Are there any reforms that we should be thinking of in terms of being a self-policing group of people? I say we, but I'm also curious to hear about what you know non-lawyers think in terms of what their impressions are of you know, bars and and what they're doing. Um, but anyway, you know, I know it's a low-level question, so that's my dog. If you have a chance to answer it, that's great. If not, um, looking forward to the upcoming podcast. Thanks. Awesome, Liz. Thank you, and hello. Uh, I think I don't know, Andrew, if you're going to agree with me or not, but I think that. There are a lot of just wackadoodle lawsuits out there, and there are a lot of really good lawsuits out there. But it feels to me like mostly this system of justice is holding. And to be allowed to file those lawsuits and just have them go run their natural course is a good thing. Now, I think there are some people who are filing complaints about sanctions and disbarring people. Uh, which is another uh, piece of the process. But I think I, there's not much about that particular uh, way, you know, that I would that I would change things. I think the main things that uh, that I want to change are like what Andrew, what you were saying, which is where we need to double the federal bench, and we need to be, we need to put we need to make our bench look more like our countries so that we don't whether we no longer have two systems of justice uh but i don't think that that has anything to do necessarily with the rules that we have in place right now for people to be able to file lawsuits and then also go after people who file frivolous lawsuits i think that that's working pretty well and and it it, it sort of is borne out in the fact that you know all of these election lawsuits have been lost only one of them was was won uh, out of 61 and 61, I think. So it seems to yeah, be the holding. One that, the one that let Republican poll observers sneeze on people. Um, uh, I, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit there. And and maybe I think this comes from the, the, the perspective of sort of disappointment within my own profession. And uh, Liz is also a lawyer, hence, um, you know, the, her, her use of the, the word we in that. Um, if a recurring question that I've gotten since I started opening arguments, um, and we would cover, you know, insane lawsuits and insane lawsuits, both politically, right? Like Larry Clayman's lawsuits, right? Um, but, but also uh, by like sovereign citizens, by, by you know, the, the people who truly like, uh, you know, are uh, not at one with reality. Um, and and the question I would I would get repeatedly, um, such that it's almost a recurring joke on on opening arguments, uh, is um, okay. Well, is Larry Clayman going to get disbarred for that? And the and the shorthand yes. answer is, <laughs> you know, you get disbarred for abusing uh, for abusing client funds, right? For 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 misusing commingling client funds yeah, and for and nothing I, else. And I think there is kind of a sense and and hopefully a growing you sense. You be able to be disbarred for other stuff. That you should be able to be disbarred for being Sidney Powell, right? That you should yeah, be able to I be disbarred know for knowingly orchestrating falsehoods. And you know, we we just saw. I mean, something that gives me um, some some encouragement. We just saw one of these Georgia lawsuits uh, in which the judge said, um, at at the conclusion of this litigation, I expect the parties to brief whether I should refer this case to the attorney grievance commission for sanctions that's that is the the commission that disbars lawyers right so usually when lawyers engage in misconduct in a judge's courtroom that judge i know i've filed sanctions motions only three times in 23 years but uh but i've gotten them twice right i have a pretty good pretty good ratio of uh, of doing that and and when an attorney engages in misconduct in a judge's courtroom, ordinarily the judge doesn't say, I want to refer this to bar counsel. I, in fact, I have never, I, I will go so far as to say, I've never seen a judge say that because the judge's power in her own courtroom over uh, to issue sanctions, uh, to hold parties in contempt, to hold lawyers in contempt is plenary, right? Cannot be questioned, cannot be overturned, cannot be appealed. Um, and so why would you take that out of your own hands to to punish a lawyer uh, and put it in the hands of somebody else? And the only reason is uh, to say, 
because I want this guy disbarred. I want Sidney Powell never to fucking practice law again. And 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 I mean that, right? I, it, she does not deserve it. It, it. it makes me sick, right? Like, okay, it, I didn't it, know that's that. That's my um, profession. Yeah. Well, Andrew, I didn't know. First of all, I didn't know that 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 the. Uh, things you could be disbarred for with such a tiny little sliver of stuff. Um, so I, yeah, I've, I've been often wondering like, why, why is Sydney Powell practicing law? Why is Jenna Ellis practicing law? Um, and so, yeah. and I, so I didn't, I thought they would just go through a process and things would happen. But I, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I think back to Matt Gates and what he did and what he said and the threats that he made um, physical family threats, uh, and he wasn't disbarred for that. And I was like, kind of shocked by that, but I didn't realize, I didn't know that that, so I'm, I'm modifying my answer now to, to say <laughs> what you said. I, I, and, and I was not calling you out in any way, obviously, but, uh, uh Oh, no, no. no See, I, here's what happens yeah. when adult, here's what happens when adults hang out and talk. You, <laughs> say, you say things and then you say something that somebody else didn't know. And then the other person can go, oh, I'm going to modify my understanding of this based on this new information and develop a new opinion. It's weird, but it happens. Ah, uh, it's, it's so much fun talking to a grown up. Uh, <laughs> oh. It is six o'clock. Uh, I, I think we can take one more question. We, we still have sure. some, like so many in the queue and I'm sorry we didn't get to everybody. Uh, I was waiting for Wolf Blitzer to shut up so that they could give us another, um, some more numbers before we let you go. Uh, but doesn't look like he's gonna shut up. Oh, here we go. 56% mm -hmm. reporting it. It has gotten very close. We are now looking at 40, the, in the warnock Luffler race, we're looking at 51.7 for Warnock to 48.3. So that gap has closed considerably, just down to, what am I looking at, about 80,000 votes there, Andrew? And then over yep. to Ossoff and Purdue, it's 50.5 to 49.5, and only yeah. a difference and of about 25,000 votes. And that, and that, in between those two, I've got MSNBC up. I don't know that they they might have gotten the slug of numbers a little earlier, um, but that that is now with fifty eight percent in, right? And so I don't know why they're showing fifty six percent in Warnock and Loeffler. Um, doesn't make yeah. sense that you would report one race and not the other. So uh, uh, th those are not. In other words, that that's a seventy-three thousand vote difference for Warnock Loeffler, a twenty-eight thousand for Ossoff Purdue. Uh, but that's because a greater percentage of votes are in. It's now up to fifty-nine percent, and, and Ooh, it, yeah. they're basically tied. Um, it's a it's a twenty thousand vote difference. They're basically tied. Um, uh, now we're up to fifty-nine on George as well, which is uh, a forty thousand vote difference for Warnock Loeffler, uh, twenty thousand uh, for for Ossoff and and Purdue. Um, yeah, if so- this, If this happens within 50,000 votes, I'm gonna blame you for jinxing it. <laughs> you and your damn deltas. Sorry, that's, I, <laughs> I will do, I will do penance. Um, I, 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 I worked as hard as I could on these two campaigns. Um, I know, and, I know. Uh, and you and I are gonna live and die by this tonight, so. Um, we uh, so we'll be watching. We got one more question we can do, or do we need to? Yeah, let's get do, out of here. Let's do one more, and then we got. Give them what they want. To get right. What is your opinion on the replacement of the Georgia U.S. Attorney, uh, U.S. Attorney Pack, with Bobby Christine? Mm. Yeah, I wanted to ask you that, Torres, because I don't know Bobby, but I I thought it was really interesting that the that 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 U.S. attorney resigned before January twentieth after saying he was going to stay. That's PAC, right? Uh, yep. I was wondering, but I don't know anything about this replacement that was shoved in there. Do you? So, uh, other than of course, member of the Federalist Society, first thing I checked. Um, so, so let's define because this news broke sort of in two parts. Um, on Monday, Byung Jin Pak, uh, the U.S. Attorney in the Northern District for the Northern District of Georgia, which includes Atlanta, abruptly resigned. Um, one could not help but infer, right, that mm -hmm. that would be over the president's call, uh, which would be subject to the jurisdiction of that office. So resigned uh, as the assistant U.S. attorney, which is the, the, the person in charge uh, of that office. Um, his deputy uh, is 
a career prosecutor is perfectly qualified to step in and take over as acting AUSA for the Northern District. And instead, uh, Trump bypassed that acting person. And and this is up on the Department of Justice website, um, quote, by written order of the president on January 4th, 2021, that is the same day Monday, uh, grabbed a U.S. attorney from the Southern District of Georgia, this guy Bobby Christine, uh, and installed him as the acting AUSA for the Northern District of Georgia. So in other words, bypass the normal course and put in somebody whom Trump had nominated uh, to be in a neighboring district. Um, that's a little weird. And, uh, you know, you would be under normal circumstances, you would say, well, it's weird. Um, under Trump circumstances, you would anticipate uh. saying that's probably corrupt. And so the very first thing I did was go to the Federalist Society website, Google his name, and of course he comes up. Um, so I'm doing more research, but uh, if, if, you're, if, if your conclusion is, you know, did Trump take advantage of this to stick a hack in who uh, would quash uh, any investigations for the next week and a half? Um, could be. Uh, I have to tell you, I, 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 that is locking the barn door after the horse has escaped, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I expect that Trump is going to pardon himself for this behavior or resign and have uh, Mike Pence pardon him for that. So that's why I am focused on the state election mm -hmm. law crimes that Trump uh, conceitedly committed uh, in calling Brad Raffensperger and um, uh, uh, yeah, but I, but I agree with you. Like if, if, if you wanted me to put beans on it, there, yeah, about that? Uh, I would, I would say, um, you know, corrupt move. We don't have the evidence for that, but you know, it looks shady and that's and, Trump's and What were you going to say about the Fulton County DA? You, oh, you put a pin um, in it. You put a pin in it earlier. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Um, I I have I have lost that train of thought. So that that proof that uh, pins are probably going to be in short supply on our show because there's just so much to keep up with. So <laughs> yeah, and we are out of time uh, anyway. But everybody, we will be back next week right here at 5 p.m. Yeah. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, for another live Q and A. Uh, Tell your and friends. I'm sorry yeah, get, get everybody here. And I'm super sorry that I we didn't get to all your questions. We'll try to run that a little bit faster. But, you know, we only have an hour. And then, of course, you know, look for our, our new show, which is going to come out January 20th, called Clean Up on Aisle 45, talking about building back the Justice Department and the intelligence community and the trust in thereof. Uh, and also, you know, you can listen to the Daily Beans for the news with swearing. And obviously, you've got opening arguments over there with Andrew. And uh what 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 am I missing? I feel like I'm missing something other than we'll see you next uh, week. Secret, if you want in on all the behind the scenes action, um, you can head on over to patreon.com slash aisle45pod, A-I-S-L-E 45-P-O-D. And, um, you know, we post some behind the scenes stuff, some extra bonus content, lots more coming up. You can get, get a, a sneak peek at our logo and, you know, all, all this uh, kind of cool stuff. Um, that's what enables us to do this show, we beg you for money. So um, <laughs> if you like this, if this is the kind of thing that you like, then go on over and throw us a buck, okay? Yeah. And you don't get oh. charged anything until we start doing the show. So. Yep, that's very true. Uh, all right, everybody, thank you very much. Um, I've, if I, you can follow me on Twitter, at Muller She Wrote, or at Allison Gill, two L's and Allison, two L's and Gill. Um, I'm also known as AG. Yep. And I'm Andrew Torres. You can follow me at OpenArgs, O-P-E-N-A-R-G-S on Twitter. And uh, we'll see you here one week from now. This was great. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a good night.